While it's true that many companies don't allow you to talk about Christ in the workplace, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from being like Christ in the workplace. This is Preach Where You Reach. Welcome to the Preach Where You Reach podcast. I'm Scott Warren, and today my guest is Kristen Ferraco. She is a lead director for a large healthcare company. She's been with her company for almost 15 years, graduated from the University of Akron, and received her doctor of pharmacy degree from Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. I think, hopefully, I said that correct. Um, yes, you did. <laughs> we, we, are, we are going to be respectful of, of your company's policy not to be named. Um, and I think that's I think that's the right thing to do, certainly. But we'll just say healthcare in general. First of all, welcome, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you being for uh, <laughs> here on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. First of all, you, it says you went to the University of Akron. Are you from Ohio? I am. I am from a very small town uh, in Southeast Ohio, actually. Okay. Southeast Ohio. See, I, I had, um, in my previous career, running arenas and performing arts centers, I uh, ran the Wolstein Center at Cleveland State University and um, lived in a town called Avon Lake, which was on the lake. And it was absolutely beautiful there. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Cleveland had gotten a very, very bad rap in, in general. Um, it was sort of the punchline of jokes of, of sorts, but but the city has done a, an amazing transformation, and it's such a great place. But I have not been down the south part of of Ohio, so uh, is, it, is it nice down there as well? You know, it's it's nice. It's very quaint. A lot of rolling hills, mm. land, grass. Right? Not not too much gets folks down there, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now you're out in Arizona now, I think. Right? Is that? Is that I am. Yeah, that's, yes, I'm now a, a proud desert dweller. Yeah, it, and is I imagine it's pretty hot though. It is. Yeah. I I love the Do heat you? though. I welcome the heat. I am been here, gosh, ten years wow. now. So it's home for me. And I, I hope to stay. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I have only been to Phoenix there, and uh, and it was lovely and and hot. And uh, but I'm in Orlando, so it's always hot down here. It seems. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for being on. We um, on the Preach Free Reach podcast. We are focused on people from different backgrounds and vocations and how they incorporate their Christian faith in their workplace. It's something that I'm I, I'm very passionate about because I I. I love the idea of it. I was actually, uh, I wrote a book called Preacher Your Reach, which uh, is is the um, the whole reason that I'm even doing a podcast at this point. But it was it was about how I incorporated my Christian faith in the workplace, and in hopes to be an encouragement to others. Because I had talked to so many different business people that they were Christians, but they weren't quite sure how to bring that to work with them. So they'd sort of kind of leave that part of themselves at home. This is when you actually came to an office, <laughs> which it seems yeah, rare now. Rare these days. <laughs> uh, but um, so what's interesting to me, in, in order to talk about how you incorporate your faith in your workplace, first, we've got to kind of start at the beginning of in terms of how you came to Christ in the first place and your testimony. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what that was like for you? Yeah, definitely happy to share there. Um, so I actually grew up in a small non-denominational church in the small town that I mentioned before in Southeast Ohio. Um, my father was actually the youth pastor oh. at that church. So for my family, you know, it was church twice on Sundays, once on Wednesdays, small groups throughout the week. 
Um, we had summer camps, you know, every summer and our family vacations were largely centered around mission trips with our youth group. Um, but you know, I look back and I have a lot of fun memories, you know, still to this day on, on those younger years in my life. Um, I was baptized at age 16 and shortly after that, my parents got a divorce and, and that really rocked me. It, you know, led to my father stepping down from his position in our church as the youth pastor and I would just say my entire world really shifted after that. Um, unfortunately, as a result of that shift, you know, my faith wasn't really strong. Um, I kind of left that and it was at a really pivotal point in my life because I was going off to college pretty soon. Um, and so when I left home to go to college, I kind of left the church behind um, and didn't really have much faith throughout those years. Um, and, you know, I would say, I won't speak too much about the college years. I think there's a lot that happened there that we don't need to talk about here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, thankfully, after college, so my first year out of college, I actually went through um, a life-changing heartbreak. So I had a really long relationship that um, ended abruptly. And I would say, you know, it's life-changing because at that moment, immediately after that occurred, I turned back to Jesus. I knew... Um, that he was the only thing that would carry me through that. And it was really just my only response that I had in the moment. Um, and so I'm really thankful, you know, for that very painful experience, yeah. because without that, I don't know what my life would look like today. Um, but at that point forward, I decided, you know, I'm not going to do this without Jesus by my side anymore. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, and it was really interesting, right? Because at that point, um, I had a best friend who had been by my side throughout college and, you know, God just happened to strategically place him alongside me in Arizona. And when I say alongside, I mean, literally, we worked together in the same um, healthcare company at the time. And we became more than friends soon after that. And, um, you know, we fell in love. It's a beautiful love story, but I know that's not the love story that we're here to talk about today. So um, what I'll say with that is before we committed our lives to each other, we made a decision to commit our lives to God. Um, and so actually six years ago this Easter, we, we both got rebaptized. So I had been baptized at age 16. Uh, he was actually baptized as an infant uh, as he grew up in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. So it was just a really great time to kind of set a foundation, you know, for our relationship and for our future family. Um, so that is kind of how I came back to Christ. And I would say like all people, you know, our, my faith over the years, it's had highs and lows, um, but the foundation was set really firm. And so without a doubt, you know, I know that that has been a differentiator, you know, throughout all facets of my life, yes. both personal and professional. When you went through the situation with the divorce in your family, mm -hmm. Obviously, that had to rock you a bit just growing up in the faith, and, and that is – it's not always something you see a lot. You see a lot of people hiding their pain, mm -hmm. and and did you find yourself angry at God at that time or just angry at the situation or, you know – you know, sometimes I think we, we question, God, how could you let this happen or, you know, those sort of things. Did, did that kind of thing run through your mind at all? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm sure it was a combination, right? Anger at God, anger at those in my life, you know, that I trusted. Um, you know, I, I think I did lose a lot of trust in the church at that point in time also, uh, which didn't help, right? I, I kind of felt like um, I didn't really have anywhere to go with a lot of my questions and concerns, uh, at least not in a way that I felt was trusted. Right. So it kind of led to me 
you know, becoming a little bit more independent. Um, and I was at the point that at that age, right, not really ready for that independence um, and didn't respond, you know, in the best way. But yeah, I would say there was certainly some some anger with God. My parents divorced before I was a year old, so I didn't really know anything different other than seeing, you know, my dad every other weekend kind of a thing. And and I wasn't a, a believer until I was in my mid-40s, so I didn't really have the faith to sort of anchor to or Jesus to, to, to tether to. And so I, I imagine at 16, like what an age that is to kind of experience that sort of loss, really. Mm-hmm. That, that had to yeah. be difficult. Um, did, did, did it, was it one of those things where you had to, you obviously you had to live with one parent over another at that point. Mm-hmm. And so that had to be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had to make difficult decisions. Right. Um, you know, I have a great relationship with both of my parents, you know, to this day. So I'm very thankful for that. I think just at the age of 16, I, the way I kind of describe it is I kind of felt like my faith wasn't my own. Right. Right. I kind of, I mean, from the time I can remember, right. Infant through grade school, like I, I lived basically in the church. So it was all I knew, but it wasn't a choice necessarily that I came to on my own um, or through hardships, right. Or, or different experience. It was kind of just this is what we do here. And I believe in Jesus, right? I mean, wholeheartedly, I never stopped believing in, in Jesus. Um, but it, it just wasn't my own faith, which is why I think it was so easy for me to just step out of it when I faced, you know, a really difficult situation. And when you were growing up, you were doing some mission trips. Is, is that right? Mm-hmm. So what was that like? Yeah. So we didn't leave the country, okay. right? Uh, full transparency. I've never left the country. Fun fact about me wow, okay. <laughs> on my to-do list. Yes. Um, but we would just partner, right? With other churches. Um, mostly like I remember a lot of trips to Alabama and Indianapolis, Indiana, where we had kind of formed partnerships with those churches and we would go serve locally. Um, you know, we had fun mixed in, right? I can remember theme parks and, and shopping malls, but um, you know, we we would paint houses or help elderly mm. people or, you know, do vacation Bible schools throughout different um, small towns. So those are some of the memories that I have of those mission trips. And when you went through the heartbreak, you were talking about how your faith sort of growing up, like many people, isn't really your own. You, you, you don't feel you, – you certainly feel connected to, to God and, and Jesus and – but it's sort of almost like, yeah, it's it's just not your own. And so for you, it was really that that heartbreak, that that breakup of the relationship that, you know, made you want to kind of go back into that world, into back into the into your faith a little deeper. And and how did you start doing that? Was it, did did you go back to church right away, or did, like what did that look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So actually, like in that very moment, right, it immediately was a prayer, you know, so, you know, I was pleading with God, um, you know, if if this is supposed to be, you know, then this won't happen, right? Like this is truly the end of this relationship. Uh, and I'll take that answer, right? I just need to know very clearly what I'm supposed to do here. And it, it was clear, right? I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that God said, yep, this is it. You're done with this. Um, so at that point, I mean, literally like hours later, um, I found myself, uh, scrolling through 
a church actually from Ohio who has their messages online. Um, and I just started listening to them. Right. I mean, I, I mean, literally just clicking, like I needed to hear God's word. I needed to be encouraged. Um, and that's kind of where it really started for me. So for a while, because I lived in Arizona, I was attending or listening to this church's sermons online from Ohio. Um, and then I just, you know, decided probably a few months after that, like I need to get myself plugged in somewhere locally. Um, and so that's when I began my, my search here in Arizona to kind of find a church to call home. And did you find another non-denominational I church? did. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. And at the time, so you had, you were by yourself and, and you, you, you plugged into this church. Did you start to connect with people? Did you dive into scripture on your own and, and, or did you join a small group or how did that work for you in terms of kind of really kind of feeling involved and in like, this is actually my life again? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when I, I soon after, like I said, kind of fell in love with one of my very good friends that had just been alongside me for a long time. Um, and we kind of made that decision, right? We had that conversation as I was attending and watching sermons online, you know, he's kind of over my shoulder, like, what is that? You know, what are you watching? What is that about? Um, and I, you know, we just had a very open conversation, right? If this was going to be a relationship that was going to continue, um, you know, we kind of had to make that commitment that faith was going to be a part of our lives. And so at that point, that's when we, you know, found the the church in Arizona and we did enter a small group, um, you know, being a part of a, we're a part of a large church, right. In numbers, but um, you know, we always say when you compare that to the number of people that live in Phoenix, Arizona, it's quite small. Um, but we do have a small group. We've been a part of a small group ever since, you know, so six plus years at this point. Uh, and that has really helped us get connected. Um, we also serve, you know, locally in our church. Um, and I, I, we got a lot of fun, you know, out of helping with like the small kiddos before we had our own kiddos. Um, so that was some ways that we got connected to different people, um, in the local church. That's, that's amazing. And I, you know, my, my wife actually was, she was one of our children's ministry workers, but then she ended up when we moved to Florida to help plan a church campus, she became our person in charge of the, the children's okay. ministry. And, um, she had a, a, a degree in early childhood education. And so it was just this, she was so, so good with them. Um, yep. she now has gotten to a point where she feels like that's, you know, she did that and that was great mm -hmm. and amazing, but now she's wants to serve in a different capacity. And so, yes. So sometimes you, you need that break, but you have to know where your heart is and kind of, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of opportunities at churches to serve. So I'm, I'm excited that you, you, you do that as well. In what area do you serve? Yeah. So we were serving in the kids ministry okay. um, and then we had our own little ones. So, um, and then after that COVID hit, so it's been, yes. a, you know, a progress to get back into the serving, you know, um, role at our church, but uh, we're finding our footing in this new way of life with two young kids. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, was faith a part of the relationship that, that broke down? No, no, no. Okay. So this was something yeah. that was, you knew from that experience and, and, and by turning to God in, in that time, that this was something that was core to who you are and, and it had to be core to, to, to any relationship moving forward. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. I tried, you know, like I said, it was five or six years, you know, from high school through my end of college. Um, and I tried it without God, right. you know, very honestly. 
I tried relationships without God um, and it just didn't work. You know, and it was very clear in the moment that that would have to change, um, you know, to your point, to kind of be more true to who I was as a person. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. I'm trying to think of, I'm also part of, of a non-denominational church, but, um, Mm -hmm. and I think of your, your husband who grew up in the Catholic church and just how different that must have been for him. Yes. Yes. Very different. Um, you know, I, I, he shared this, right. So I'll, I'll speak a little bit on this, but you know, he, um, he very much appreciates the, you know, the applicability of what he learns each week, um, of how to kind of translate that into the role of our leader or the, the role of faith leader for our family. Um, and so I, I think that that's been a really, positive experience for him. The translation is so much easier compared to, you know, his younger years, which, you know, are a lot different than adult age, but, you know, growing up in the Catholic church, it wasn't always uh, easy for him to translate, you know, what he's hearing into what he's doing in his life. Yeah, definitely. Um, that, that was what I found when I didn't really go to church growing up much. And I, and, and my listeners will know this from, from other conversations, but I, when I did go, it was typically a Catholic church and it was very routine. And it's interesting because when I moved to Canada where I lived for six years, it was, it was there that I experienced a a church that was a non-denominational church, you know, worship band that was amazing hands in the air. Like, I'm just like, what is this place? I've never seen anything like this and I've never felt anything like this. So there was a, there was that. But I also understand how some people love the Catholic way. I, I my my sister in law, mm-hmm. for example, she loves the Catholic. You know, when I say this, you say that, and stand up, sit down, and she knows the whole routine. Because if she is in Maryland or Florida or Arizona, she knows exactly what to do and when. Basically, like yes. she knows the routine, and it's comfortable for her. Where for me, I. I'm a person that's, uh, I'm an empath and, and I'm all about feeling something. Mm, and, mm-hmm. and so for me going into this non-denominational church and, and having, you know, the message that there was and the music that there was, and I was just, and the practicality of the message. And it, it was overwhelming for me that I had never mm-hmm. experienced anything like that before. So I imagine that would have been a shock <laughs> yes. a bit for your husband. Yes. <laughs> And I think that's what makes it so beautiful, right? Is is we all have different experiences and different preferences, and um, you know we kind of experience God in the way that that works well for us, yeah. and I, that's just a beautiful thing. Absolutely. <laughs> now, when you got out of college, well, first of all, you were you 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 got your doctorate in pharmacy. So what mm-hmm. what was it about that field or healthcare in general that that drew you to it? Yeah. So, um, I've worked from a very young age. So my first job was at age 15. I, I always say like, I just love working. <laughs> I'm kind of that, that type of person. Um, and I did get a job at our small town pharmacy, um, where I grew up, where I would support, you know, the, the pharmacists and the pharmacy technicians. So I don't think I did a lot of work looking back, right? I think I worked like half days there in high school, but um, I just kind of was infused into the pharmacy from a young age and um, had some great, you know, pharmacist mentors that I saw 
Uh, and I thought, I want to be like them. So um, from, from pretty young, I made a determination that I was going to go to pharmacy school and um, haven't looked back since. <laughs> was it the, I don't know, the, the, the science of it? Or was it the the desire to help people? Or was that just a benefit of your passion? Yeah, I think it's mostly the latter. So um, I'm not much of a numbers girl. So it wasn't the math, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, the science was interesting, right? Uh, but definitely not my strongest suit, right? I, I'm more of a people person. I enjoy interacting. Um, I always joke with folks that I would have been a nurse potentially, but I don't do throw up. Oh. So that was off the table. Um, so I knew I, I enjoyed the healthcare sector uh, and helping people feel better. I just didn't know you know, exactly how I was going to achieve that until I found myself in the pharmacy. And I, I saw a really clear connection, right? When people would come in, it was, they knew the pharmacist, they knew the person behind the counter and they trusted them. Um, and I wanted to be that person for those patients. It's funny to me that you say you don't do throw up because <laughs> my wife doesn't do that mm. at all. And so yeah. <laughs> typically my role has been uh, when when our, our kids were younger and they got sick, I would have to clean it up and while she gave yes. them a bath. It was sort of like that was our <laughs> – yeah. that's what we did. We yes. broke it up in that way. Now, I didn't care for it either, but I mean – that's that's someone the, has that's to do the it. job that yeah. was left <laughs> so so exactly. that's what i got to do yeah i think that's the thing that is so rewarding in terms of the desire to want to help people and whether that's in medicine or in any field really there, there's just this passion for people and 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 wanting to help them especially if it, it ties into uh, the the medical side, like that that, that you were interested in, I, you know, I, I'm the same. Like I, there are people who are uh, ER doctors or nurses, and I'm just like, I don't know how you do that. Like I I couldn't just not know what's about to come through the door at any moment and just right. react like that would just drive me insane. Um, yep. And not that I need a plan, but like that's just too graphic for for me to like, wrap yes. my head around. Um, I just don't want to be part of that. Um, so the pharmacy seemed like. Uh, that was that was the right path for you. And mm -hmm. was there something in your earlier days where in terms of these other jobs that you had, or was it just in the pharmacy or did you do other things as well when you were younger? No, yeah. I Like I said, I loved working um, along with playing three sports. I was a little crazy apparently. but <laughs> um, So I worked at a small restaurant um, on Senecaville Lake. If you've ever Seneca Lake, it's really small, but there was one restaurant um, that operated there. And so I worked along um, that in the summers. And then I also um, was a receptionist at a hair salon. So, you know, the service industry, right? Wherever I could interact with people is kind of where I landed. Um, so those were two other jobs that I had throughout high school and uh, just really enjoyed, honestly, all three of those positions. <laughs> and and so you you went right to work for the company you're with now. Yeah, so I actually started with them right out of undergraduate school. Okay. So um, that's kind of how I've acquired so much time. Is I, I again I knew where I was going and kind of what direction I was headed. And with the little experience that I had from my hometown pharmacy, I was kind of able to use that to propel myself into a role during college. Um, I always joked with my friends that I was the only one that went on spring break on PTO because I worked full time um, all throughout school. So I, I just kind of stayed on with that healthcare company um, from day one and um, 
very thankful that I did that uh, because it's just led to so many great opportunities for me today. Yeah, and you've really grown throughout the company, and are, there are so many opportunities, uh, presumably that you were able to, that people were able to mentor you and and kind of guide you in certain directions, or did you always know sort of what you wanted to do when you came into it? You kind of knew, okay, this is where I want to go with this. Yeah, you know, I would say definitely that wasn't the case, right? So I knew I wanted to become a pharmacist, right? That was my primary goal and, and what I went to school for. Um, but beyond that, you know, I always say it took me a while to really understand or recognize God in the orchestration of my career. Um, but even I just look back to the first position that I held during college uh, or some of the, you know, uh, pharmacy school pieces that kind of came together through mentorships and so forth that, you know, propelled my career even further. Um, it was all him. You know, I, I think I, I like to take credit for some of that back in those days, like, oh, I work really hard. And, you know, I, I went to school and um, I did, you know, but um, it was all by design of God. I, I jokingly say now, if you saw my PCAT scores, I shouldn't have got into pharmacy school probably, <laughs> <laughs> but I did. Um, and that was all, you know, part of his plan. And so um, now later in life, you know, where that's become really clear, I think that that's just been such a, a differentiator for me. Uh, as I make career moves or take on new roles and positions, you know, I really look to him and trust him to open the door. If it's yeah. open, you know, I, I kind of walk through it uh, has been my my plan of action. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I had a conversation recently with, with someone who was looking to maybe bring me on to their department in a, in a stretch assignment uh, of sorts. Mm -hmm. And when we were talking... I let them know that if this is about you know, numbers and metrics and analytics, and I'm, I'm just, I'm not interested. I'm just not mm -hmm. interested. Like, um, and I think it's because over the course of my, my life, I've, I've gotten to know myself really, really well at, at this point in my life. And so I know exactly what I'm passionate about and things I don't really want to do. And when I was saying this to them, they're like, yeah, but you know, you ran, you know, multi-million dollar arenas and all of these shows and logistics and all of these things, you know, you, surely you, you, you can do that. And I said, oh, hundred percent, I can absolutely do it. I'm not interested yeah. in doing it. It's just not my passion. <laughs> yes. And, right. and so I think, I think it's interesting for people that I've encountered, you know, in my current role where I have told them very much like, I'm not looking for a promotion. I'm not looking to climb the ladder. I'm not looking for additional financial gain. Like I don't, I, I don't really care about those things. Yep. I'm really about doing kingdom work. And so for me, it's like, where do you want me? To your point of looking back and you can see God orchestrating the entire thing. But even now I'm just like, I, I, the Holy Spirit will tell me whether something is right or not for, for me. Sure. And what, and if there's something that I really want because it's it's tied to who I am and what I'm passionate about, um, I just get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and just let God open doors that He wants to open, and I just I, I just have to be obedient and walk through them when when that opportunity comes. Do you have like a long term goal for you? Is there a, a plan um, <laughs> as yeah. much as you can make one? So I I do love a good plan. I'll admit <laughs> that um, it's an open plan, right? So. Uh, um, my passion is people, similar to you. 
uh, I've been very fortunate, right, for God to kind of align my present role that is solely focused on people, right? Um, and I understand with my background and being in the healthcare space that that is unique uh, for the environment that I'm in. Um, so I'm very grateful for what I do today. And so, you know, if I could amplify that in the future in some way or grow that responsibility, that's my, my most near-term goal. Um, but I'm certainly open, you know, to exploring other avenues. I think that's been one thing that I've done consistently is, you know, I'm always willing to have a conversation, always willing to pray about something. Um, and, and that's just kind of been my mantra. I, I don't really have like an end point that I'm trying to get to or a level that I'm trying to attain. Um, but I, I just know to your point that when I know it's right and I feel it's right, it will, it will appear. Yes. Um, I actually have a, a scenario you may be interested in hearing, but I, I think along this conversation, um, I can look back at one pivotal point in my career specifically where um, I actually took a demotion and I had just won, you know, a pretty big award, uh, had, you know, high performing team, high performer myself, uh, getting a lot of accolades. And I decided to kind of step away from that completely um, into a role that was a demotion. And at the time, you know, a lot of people are kind of scratching their head, mm -hmm. like, what is she doing? This makes no sense. This is not your career path. Um, but it ended up setting me up for everything. Again, just understanding, you know, what is that opportunity? When is it the right time? Um, and is it, you know, being led by God? And am I, you know, ultimately submitting to him and his path um, is kind of always been my mentality. It's funny because when I came to uh, my current role, I had had 29 years of experience in entertainment and sports and running arenas and all that sort of thing and in executive roles. And so, mm -hmm. uh, so when I came to the, the company I'm with now, I started out at an entry level position, which was humbling. And it's funny because I was, I was in this role for about a month and a half and one of the managers reached out to me and asked if I had a moment to meet. And I said, sure. And they said, we hear you and we really like what we hear. Would you be willing to be on our quality team? I said, well, I don't know. I said, is that where you think I would best be utilized? And they said, yeah, like, great, let's do it. And then I was there for about five months. And then I got the same person reached out to me again, called me mm -hmm. into the office and said, um, we'd, we'd really like you to be a supervisor um, would you, was that something that you'd be interested in? And I said, is that where you think I would best be utilized? And she said, yeah, yeah. Said, perfect. <laughs> the only thing I said to her was that I will do that, but do I have the ability to create the culture of my team? Mm. And she said, absolutely. You, perfect. Then I'll, then I'll do it. It was so unusual for someone to not really have a plan or a desire or this growth track. It was more is that where you want me? Is that where you think I'd best be utilized? Because I'm just here to serve. So where do you need me? If that's custodial, I'll work custodial. I don't care. Um, yep. And it was so foreign because they were so used to people having a this this plan and this, this drive to be something and get a title and a whatever. And I just wasn't like that. I had I had a great career previously and and I came into this role just just wanting to serve and wherever God 
put me and and there and there, there's something freeing in that but it's a bit crazy from someone from the outside not really quite understanding that yeah yeah you know that reminds me so we actually recently at our church um our preacher shared about um mark chapter 10 and you know how it's just such a great example of servant leadership um on display and uh what you just said there reminded me of verse 43 where, you know, Jesus makes it very clear, you know, not so with you, you know, like you're going to be different here. Um, and that really stuck with me. And I think it's just a great example of what you just shared is your manager's like, wait a minute, something's different here okay. with you. Um, and that's, you know, the design, right, by God and, and how Jesus kind of lived his life as an example for all of us. Absolutely. And it's it's so interesting because it is so foreign to, to folks because it almost seems like like you don't have a drive or you don't have a desire to to be more and go in the and like no 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 it's not about me like there was a time where i actually had applied for a position above mine but the only reason i did that is because i would have the ability to have more impact for the kingdom overseeing more people <laughs> exactly so, yeah so that was sort of the mindset but it was it was very different how do you in a day-to-day, how do you incorporate Mm -hmm. your faith in your workplace? Yeah, you know, so I really see my workplace as an extension of my home, you know, and so like most faith-based individuals, whether I'm at home or at work, my goal is to be that servant leader. Um, You know, I think our influence over whoever is in our sphere, to your point, sometimes that's more people, sometimes that's less, sometimes it's just my two kids at home. Um, You know, that is just one of one of our greatest blessings. And so I really just simply put, I try to love people, <laughs> right? Like I, I try to show them the example of God's love. And while, you know, I'm not actively preaching that, right? Perhaps, or I'm not saying, you know, this is what God's love is like in your life. I'm trying to live that example. Um, and just always being mindful that I might be the only person, you know, in that colleague's life who is trying to do that for them. Um, and that is a great responsibility, you know, that, that we all have. Um, so loving on them really simply put is how I try to incorporate that into my workplace. And, and that looks different on a daily basis. Right. Um, but that would be my simple answer. Yes. Well, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's pretty good. We, we've got two commandments, uh, love God and, and love our neighbors as ourselves. And that's what you're doing in the workplace. And I think that's sort of where people can get hung up a lot of times in terms of like, believing that bringing their Christian faith to their workplace means preaching or evangelizing to to people. And it's like, actually, it can literally just be embodying the characteristics or qualities of Christ and the the love, the compassion, the empathy, the kindness, that all of those things um, that you can do and help people feel heard and seen and cared about authentically cared about and and I think that's the the thing that is missing in a lot of ways that I would hope would be present in in healthcare but it was but it sometimes it's but I think even in that industry it can be missing you know, we we talk about people with bad bedside manner or a doctor that's rude or a nurse that's not very you know gentle right. as she's as she's about to give you the IV or whatever and I I think we could just and if we just stopped for a minute and just loved on the people that that are in our charge, I feel mm-hmm. like it, it, it's so much more meaningful. I 
I know that the team that I lead now absolutely know that I'm a Christian, but I'm, mm-hmm. but I'm very clear on saying that my faith doesn't have to be their faith. Right. I, I, I want them to know that. Now, the foundation of my team, the culture of my team is absolutely faith-based. It just is. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't have to be theirs. But right. they will experience that love and that compassion and that kindness. And, and, and it's funny because I talk about love in a way that um, certainly it, it, it embodies caring for people, but it's, but it's also loving them enough to have difficult conversations sure. where I, I care about you too much to leave you in this place, either for yourself or, or for our clients or members or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those things where those, those conversations have to happen at times, but because they felt the love, the genuine care, those conversations, while maybe we have difficult conversations, they, they receive them in a, in a way that isn't offensive or defensive and whatever else. So yeah. I think that's kind of the key to, to just agreed. Yeah. They don't have to be abrasive, right? Like you can, to your point earlier, you can show up authentically um, and say, look, I, I, I have to share this with you, right? Like as a leader, as a person that cares about you, it's important that we talk about this. It's not easy to talk about. Um, but I find that just introducing it that way, right? Versus, you know, maybe something more serious or, or clinical. Um, it just really opens up the conversation to be less abrasive, yeah. um, which is our goal. <laughs> yes. And, and there have been times in my career that I've created a culture, I guess, that allows the people that report to me to tear down any walls that they have. And and it allows them to be vulnerable and open and honest and things that they're struggling with or, or, you know, in their personal life and not just with work. I am, I am someone who is uh, more or less 24 seven. If, if you're going through something, I want to know about it. And, and don't feel like you're interrupting me or what I need to know if, if you are having to flee as I've had someone ha- having to flee in the middle of the night to escape an abusive marriage and take the kids and move to another state. I want to know about that because mm-hmm. I care and, and, ha- right. and, and uh, I've had people tell me about attempted suicide uh, that, that they did over the weekend or miscarriages and these different things, but they know they can tell me, because they know that, first of all, they know right away I'm going to be praying for them. They just they just mm-hmm. know that that's a thing. That and yes. and they know that I care, I truly care about their well being. Because if they're not whole, if they're not healthy, they're not going to be able to help our clients and our members. So it's it's one of those things that is 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 so important to me to kind of create that culture and that's what i talked about do i have the autonomy to create my own culture this is why i wanted to do yes. that for you the the culture of your area that you work in is mm-hmm. there is it faith based without being obviously faith based yeah i mean i would think so right i mean we're a very open team i actually have a very small team presently Um, and and so we talk about what you do on the weekend, right. And it's not uncommon for one or more of us. I went to church, you know, and so, um, we, we have a mutual understanding. Um, I actually have someone on my team who is a preacher, right? He evangelizes on the weekend. So that's pretty cool. 
Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, we are very much, uh, focused on loving each other. Well, um, we all recognize that we're people first, right. And, um, people go through hard times and, and we aren't exempt from that. Um, just like you mentioned, you know, we have some really difficult situations, um, that have gone on, on my present team and teams before that. Um, and we always show up for each other. And like you said, we always know we can count on praying for each other, um, which just really, you know, it, it's, it goes a long way when you know that that's the response, you know, of the people when you go to them with a, a challenge. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm, I'm smiling really big because I just, I love my team so much. I'm so blessed to, to have them and lead them. <laughs> that's so good. I, I love that. And, uh, I, I feel this exact same way about, about my team and, you know, I, I our teams, the people that, that I lead tend to what we call grow and go. The, 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 the idea is that we raise people up and then they go to where our company's business needs are. And, Mm -hmm. and it is always so hard because selfishly, I never want to lose anyone because I care about (laughs) them all so much. But again, I I would be failing as a leader if I didn't, you know, uh, encourage uh, those sort of opportunities and and support them in any way I can, but not everything is is easy, right? As 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 we've said, sometimes you go through mm-hmm. some difficult situations. Can you share a time where your faith brought you comfort or strength during a challenging work situation? Uh, definitely, yeah. So um, I have a little mantra that I repeat to myself sometimes, a lot of times. Um, you know, and it's God, you are good and you're in control. And I have to remind myself of that a lot, um, especially as I go through kind of next steps in my career. Um, so one specific time uh, I'll share is, you know, I was kind of newly promoted. It would be my first time leading a, a larger team, at least in my experience. So hundred plus people. And, uh, I walked in unknowingly to a, a pretty terrible culture, you know, just transparently, it, it wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. And so not only was I, you know, a little overwhelmed with kind of just learning the new role, learning how to manage that many people, but I also had this culture issue, you know, that I needed to fix as quickly as possible (laughs) um, in order to, you know, help the the people that I was leading. And so it was a lot of, you know, difficult months where um, I felt like I I shouldn't have taken this role, Mm. right? I wasn't ready. Why me? You know, maybe I I jumped at this opportunity too soon, um, but I just kept telling myself, you know, God's good. He's in control. There is an outcome to this that um, is different than what I'm sitting in right now. Uh, and it took some time to get there, but um, we we turned it around uh, as a group. And um, to this day, I think they're, they're just one of the most amazing groups that I've ever worked with. And, you know, people from that prior team still interact and reach out to me randomly um, which, which I really love, uh, especially when I get to see them in person, which as we all know in this work from home environment today is quite rare. But um, that's one specific example, Scott. But I think just any time, right, like where the workload starts to get out of balance mm-hmm. or, you know, you have maybe you make a mistake, right? No one wants to be the person that makes a mistake, but it happen- happens. Um, so I have to lean in a lot. You know, God's good. He's in control. This isn't the end, yeah. right? Like there's something coming from yeah. this and I just need to trust that. Thank you for that. that no, that's, that's so good. Um, does your faith inform your decision making in your role mm. in any way? I would <laughs> say yes. I think it would be hard to say no. Um, 
you know, so my role is very focused on people, right? How do we make the best experience for the people that we work with? And, um, you know, I, again, not to, to repeat what I said earlier, but I think it just really starts with loving people. Like how do we authentically show up for the people that we work with? Um, and that question, right, is in my mind a lot as I think about the decisions and the actions and activities that my team will or will not engage on. Um, so I, I would say yes yeah. to that question. Sometimes in the moment you, you make decisions and it's not really like, okay, hold on, let me, let me pray on this first, you know, or let me, like, right. I mean, you've got a decision to make. There's sure. something that's in yeah. front of you. Of course. And, and, but I think, you know, when you're Holy Spirit led, I, I think, that's there anyway and to, to guide your decisions and and it's not necessarily the sort of time out and uh, uh, you know I just need to talk to God and I need to also need some time to listen and you know before I can make this decision though there is right. there are moments like that but I also feel that as a, as a person of, of faith that consumes the word I think that there are there are times when the decisions are led in a faith-based way, whether it's obvious to, to those around you or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I would say, honestly, I think a lot of um, like workplace materials, trainings, leadership education, right? Like I come across a, a plethora of tools and books and obviously many of them aren't explicit, you know, in being faith-based or having faith-based principles. But if you read really closely, um, and you connect that back, you know, to the word of God, they are, yes. you know, at the heart, at the core. Um, so I find that a lot of, you know, practices or what have you are already kind of integrating those things yeah. today, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel that way when I when I hear someone like uh, Tony Robbins, for example, where I'm just like, yes. yeah, powerful what he's saying, very, very powerful. But a lot of it's biblical principle. Yes. And, and, and my fear is that when people hear that without the attachment of Christ to it, mm -hmm. it, it, it may not be sustainable. Sure. Um, and, and so yeah, it's like fair. in one of my arenas, I forget where, where it was, I think in, in, in Virginia where I had Joel Osteen and Victoria mm -hmm. Osteen, they came in and I was listening to them and I thought, you know, this is really, really, this is before I came to Christ. So I'm, I'm, okay. I, I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm like, this is really, really powerful stuff. Like if you just strip away the God stuff, like it's actually really, mm. really good. Like this is, yeah. this is something I, advice I could use. Of course, it's funny now looking back, I'm like, like right. it, 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 <laughs> you can't detach that from, from what it, what it sure. is. But, um, yep. and of course now it, everything I do is, is, is anchored on, on Christ. And so do you have a, a daily faith routine? Um, you know, I try. Yeah, I, I'm the same. <laughs> so I have a three and a half and a one and a half year old, right? And so their um, wake up time is different every day. Their bedtime is different every day. But, um, you know, I do make it as much of a habit as I can to spend some time with God, right? Some days that's longer than others. Um, sometimes it's first thing in the morning. Other times it's like the last thing I do before I close my heavy eyelids. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely... Uh, rely a lot on prayer. Um, and even just, you know, praying with my kids at the dinner table, you know, sometimes is, is that expression for us, but, uh, it, it looks different every day. Yeah, that's for sure. For sure. And that, that kind of schedule that you have, it's gotta be crazy. It's like my daughter and her 
college and my son and his baseball games. And it's trying to squeeze some things in every now and again that, uh, you know, I keep telling myself I'm going to be very, very focused on beginning my day mm. with reading the word, you know, seek first. That's that, you know, that that's sure. definitely something that I am trying to get more into. And I was talking to someone recently about uh, gratitude journaling, which I, which I think is amazing. And just we're kind of every day sort of writing down the things that, that you're grateful for that happened maybe in that day that, uh, and I thought, well, you know, I should probably try to do that, but then I just have to do it. So <laughs> I know, I know. Time. I will say that's, you know, one, one thing I do really enjoy about our small group through our church is we do um, a lot of like Bible app reading plans together. So it's a great kind of like check-in and reminder throughout the week, kind of helps you, gives a little bit of competition to it, right? right? You're like, I can't be the only one that, that didn't go in and do it today. So um, that's been a lot of, of fun as we kind of spur each other along there. That's awesome. No, I, I do. I, I do love that. And I think in the workplace, I feel like it's so easy to bring your faith if your Holy Spirit prompted. And I think that's sort of the key. I was talking to someone recently that was saying that oftentimes when we're in the workplace, we forget that we're there to work as Christians. Like that's what God put us in that position to actually do a job. Sure. And, and, yes. <laughs> and your job isn't necessarily to evangelize. I mean, you know, your job is to do the job. But while you do the job, if there is a prompting from the Holy Spirit to pray for someone or to share your testimony with someone or whatever, and you're able to do that, but you can't go in with the mindset of just, my job is to reach the lost and say, no, no, your job's to be right. an accountant. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think it's it's how you yes. do your job, right? You have to do your job, right? We, we wouldn't be here if, if we didn't do our job and do it well. But how you do it, I think, is really kind of what, what can make that difference um, for you, for the people you work with, and for your company, quite honestly. Yes. How do you view your role as a Christian in the workplace? What impact do you hope to have as a Christian in the workplace? So I, I believe the impact is just to kind of, if I had to summarize, leave people better than I find them, right? So um, that can happen in a variety of ways. It could be someone I don't normally work with, right? But randomly I'm on a call. They're maybe not having a bad day. Uh, if I could help make them smile, right? That that kind of leaves them in a better place than than when I came into contact with them. And then for more people who are you know truly under my direct leadership, uh, how do I help them achieve their goals? How do I help them not just do the work, but do it well and achieve it in the how that they're looking to do it in? Uh, so I think just really focusing on helping others, you know, become what they want to become or achieve what they want to achieve and doing it in a way that I can be proud of or, um, you know, know that is aligned with my beliefs is is really my primary goal. How are your kids doing in, in church? Do they enjoy it? Oh, they love yeah. it. We have a fantastic kids program. Um, it, it's pretty comical because my son, okay, he's three and a half. Um, the other night, you know, he was standing up on the couch and it was kind of like he was mimicking, you know, the kids ministry leader in his yeah. room. You know, he was up kind of pretending like he had a microphone and it was just so cute, right? I, he wasn't making much sense with what sure. he was saying, but I heard some gods and some Jesuses in there. Um, so it, it's pretty cool, you know, to see that translate 
um, at home. And, you know, he's a part of a sports program that's ran through our church. So it's really focused on teamwork. And, you know, they pray before they go out on the field and they pray at the end. And it's just really encouraging, you know, to see even at that young age, um, the impact, you know, that, that they're having on our yeah, kids. It, it really is. It, it's amazing that they have the heart to do it, but that they, they do have that impact on the kids. And I, I don't know that they get thanked enough for, mm, for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is definitely something that, uh, that's hard to put into words when they've like putting those seeds in that mm-hmm. fertile soil. Um, it, it's, it's pretty amazing to watch. And then my job to help with my kids just water that. And, you know, I think one of the things that's hard as your kids will get older and my son certainly on the, on the the baseball field has experienced where you can be mocked Mm. for your faith. But I've been really, really proud to see my son not react to that so much, but be really firm in his faith and leading prayer um, offering to lead prayer before each game, even though he's some players will mock him for it, he's just focused on the the gift that God has given him, and 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 looking forward to the doors that God will open, right. and and be, not being ashamed of his faith, but being bold in his faith, and it is amazing. And in fact, his his baseball coach, his high school baseball coach, who I hadn't actually met. Um, before he, he, he said, are you Dublin's dad? And I said, yes. And he said, he said, I gotta tell you, he is an amazing young man. He's literally one of my favorite people because he just, he's such a a good young man and whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I was like, yes, yes, it's it's working. working. (laughs) But that's the thing, you know, when, when they're young at your, at at your age of your kids, they've got a long way to go to, to, to grow in their faith. And, but I pray that they will, they will have that boldness to speak out and mm-hmm. and never be ashamed of it. Um, yes. Kristen, thank you so much for spending time yeah. with me here on the you, on the Scott. Preach Me Reach podcast. I, I I was I was so looking forward to talking with you because <laughs> uh, we we have just recently gotten to know each other, and I think it was amazing because you actually had a copy of the book before you knew I actually wrote the book, uh, which yes. is funny. And the way I got the book and that we met, it's a God thing, yeah. right? I mean, let's call it what it is. That was pretty incredible. That was incredible. <laughs> so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I'm, I'm so grateful that uh, not only do you have the book, but now you've been part of the podcast. And um, yeah. I just wish you all the best. I'm going to be cheering you on like crazy. And um, oh, I, I just am uh, just so grateful for your time. Yeah, back at you. Thank you so much.